0: Hi and welcome to the Film Ireland Podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with director Shelly Love whose film A Bump Along the Way is in cinemas on the 11th of October. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Uh, we're delighted to uh, just be able to do this because I watched uh, bump along the way last night with my mum. I <laughs> loved it. It was really, really sweet. So, first I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your own background. So, you're an artist and a choreographer and a filmmaker, so that's a really interesting mix. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, my, my ba- I trained as a, a contemporary dancer originally um, and worked as a, a dance artist, as we're known, and um, through my 20s. Um, I lived in Brighton and then in London and uh, uh, so yes I'm a choreographer um, but (laughs) ex-dancer in the sense that I'm not still dancing. (laughs) I'm not going to pretend to still be dancing. Um, uh, Yeah and basically I made a lot of um, uh, dance on screen works. Um, so I've, I've had a lot of um, commissions from places like Sadler's Wells, um, Circus Space and the Arts Council England. England. Um, so a lot of my early film works um, that you might see on my website are um, me working as an artist-filmmaker and the works are kind of specially commissioned to work with physical performers, Usually, um, the films are kind of arise from a situation. So, for instance, I'd be asked to come and work with 15 circus performers at a circus school, given two weeks to work with them to devise, write, and then direct a screen-based work. So, um, a lot of my sort of earlier art work is. Um, Made through quite a different process. Um, Yeah, so uh, that's my sort of background, and then I I built up a showreel really of of art films, lots of short films, and then I directed music videos and a number of commercial films, and um, then have been looking to move into drama for quite some time, having directed about 30 jobs, call them jobs, (laughs) rather than than films. So, um, yeah, so that's really how I came into um, directing drama from from the weird end of things.
0: It's a very interesting thing, but I suppose they're both such visual art forms, Mm. you know? And I'm just wondering as well, um, personally, just with your own background, how do you feel almost like body language and the physicality affects the emotion of a piece?
1: Um, well, I think I have a... I suppose I have a natural eye. Like, my eye is naturally led. We're all different at what in, in the way that we receive information, but um, I, I know that I pick up on a lot of subtle details and moments, of, you know, um, small gestures and things, and I suppose in my head they're still choreography um so I, I don't think I'm answering your question what was your question <laughs> oh yeah
0: just just your own kind of sense of uh the the physicality like are you tempted to, to step in and forensically block just with your own background uh, with the performers yeah. in on a camera or would you let things flow a little bit
1: yeah well I think I didn't go to film school and um, I learned everything on the job very instinctively. Um, I've also been a performer myself um, and an actor uh, I quietly, don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> so um, I guess, yes, I do. Um, my strength is in if I'm allowed to direct in the way that I want to direct, um, if it works for everyone in the room, I would probably choose, yes, to to walk through and block it physically because that's the way I sort of instinctively feel through the scene. And I know I'm not the only one to do that, so I think you just... Some people are more heady than others. I'm more of a physical being, um, and it's something that sometimes I think some people might find it a little bit odd... <laughs> Um, but I, I really believe in it. I, I think I think however you work, you should work with your strengths. And that's, and that's something that works for me.
0: And can you tell me a little bit about how you um, got attached to a bump along the way?
1: Um, so I was living in London for uh, sort of 18 years working as a director. And um, I'm, I'm originally from the Highlands in Scotland, um, but my parents are from Northern Ireland. And they had moved back to their hometown in Bangor and um, I, um, when I became pregnant um, at the ripe old age of 41, um, I decided to um, move to Bangor just for the first couple of years um, of my little boy's uh, life just to be closer to grandparents. And also, I'm a single mum, so um, uh, grandparents are particularly important. I think uh, if you're lucky enough to have them. Um, So I moved to Northern Ireland to have my son, um, thinking really that I I might you know that Northern Ireland's a a bridge. uh you know just a place that i might be for a couple of years so i had been looking after my son for about 1 year um and uh looking after my baby for 1 year and thought it was about time that i came out of my nest <laughs> and started to network a little bit so um louise gallagher had um been in touch and we We uh, met up for coffee and it was uh, literally just to say hello, I'm here, how's about you, Um, as they say here. um, And uh, Louise had just come on board a bump along the way as a producer. And um, on meeting me, I was telling her my story, which is that I'm a single mum in my 40s and my son... Otto was with me in the cafe, and she said it's uh, it's off uh, this is a bit strange because I've just come on board this project and it's about a single mom in her forties and um, so so there was a little bit of um a coincidence there, and uh, so at that point Louise said, "Oh, maybe you know it might be a good idea if you come in for an interview um so I did, and the following week I went in for an interview and came on board as the director on the project. And at this point, so that would have been in the May, and the shoot was in October. and um, So from May through to, I think, August, there was still the last stage of script development to go. So I was involved in in that part of the process. Um, and then, yeah.
0: And I, I, I saw that before I even watched the film, that it was a really, really strong female-led project and you can just even tell by the reading of it that it Mm is i think and it's so important to get women's voices behind i know there's we're a lot more likely to hear women's stories now but it's not always women telling them and i think specifically something like this a a small real story it's so important to get it right because it affects so many people, and it's it's so true mm-hmm. to people's lives that you can tell instantly if something isn't authentic or has that concept of truth mm-hmm. behind it, if that makes sense. But it was it was lovely to watch, and mm-hmm. it was yeah, you got the sense that everyone had sort of been in a similar situation when you were watching it <laughs> because it just felt true. It felt very comfortable to watch.
1: Good. that's that's good to know
0: and i was just wondering as well so you come on board the project i presume you're workshopping the script for the last phase of it what's the next Mm -hmm. step then do you guys start casting it first do you start storyboarding
1: working on visuals how would you prep for a project like this um well this on, on this film we did um we did a Ran a few workshops with Brona and Lola. Yeah, Lola is amazing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're both really, really amazing, and they work really well together. And um, but we we did we were lucky enough to be allowed to have a couple of days of workshops, and really, um, I worked with closely with Brona and Lola really to try and set the tone of the piece, um, and I think there so, were so many. Um, Scenes in the kitchen between mother and daughter, and I felt that really it was really important to establish this relationship. Um, um, before going into the shoot, and um, so it was a really valuable process. Um, uh, yeah, so we we had a couple of days of workshops, and then really, I suppose, um, there was again very very little time for prep and. Every every project that I've ever done, something I always recognise and think, "Why I've never ever given enough time as a director, because the majority of your time is taken up with meetings with HODs, yeah. um, and that that's just something that never really goes away." Um, but on this one, it was it was very much um, lots of uh, long meetings and trips up and down to Derry to find. For recce's um, to find locations. Um, I suppose at coming to Ireland, Northern Ireland for the first time. Um, I'm working with completely new crew, um, so that kind of adds a, a, an extra layer of time because you're, you know, your meetings tend to be a bit longer because you're getting to know one another and working together for the first time. Um, and then we we did uh, we just had a lot of um trips to dairy um the producer louise is from dairy um i mean the majority of the crew are dairy based um and something that was particularly helpful um apart from the fact that we've got a dairy crew um and the film's been shot in dairy is the fact that Mark Macaulay, the DOP, um, is also from Derry, um, and he was really crucial to me as a way in to Derry, um, and it's handy for
0: wreckies as
1: well. <laughs> yeah, so it was it like, was, "Oh, was, can
0: you pop down and have a little look? Yes, at this, of, like fucking uh, a whole day.
1: Yeah, he was enor- he was enormously helpful, and um, especially when we had so little time. Um, with Mark, so he knew the place like the back of his hand and he could just suggest places and we just got there really quick. Um, yeah, and, and also um, when looking for a location for the house, as there's so many scenes set in the kitchen, um, when we started looking for the hero house, yeah. Um, Discovered that most lot of the houses in Derry are the kitchens are tiny, sort of galley style kitchens, and um, both myself and Mark, the DOP, really had a particular aesthetic and look in mind, and we didn't want the camera to be right up on top of our characters. So, in the end, Mark's family gave us permission to shoot in his childhood home. Oh, that's which, brilliant. Yeah, which happened to be up for sale at the time, so it was lying empty. And um, So we had this empty house that belonged to the DOP, which we were allowed to come in and um, recreate the house, um, um, Pamela and Allegra's house. So uh, we were really, really lucky. It was, uh, that was kind of um, a dairy-fairy moment
0: so yeah and it is nice to have your space because and what's really true is in life everything happens in the kitchen I mm-hmm. think you know it's such a central place to stories surrounding the home like it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah it's, it's kind of where most interactions happen it's, and it's central to the story and it, and it it's, a, it's a lovely kind of visual metaphor for the Brona's character's relationship with her mum as well that she's she, yeah, you can tell it's never really done up what what was your kind of plan with the production design then?
1: Well, um, so Patrick Creighton, the production designer, um, and I probably had the longest meetings in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it's a very very important um, element of the film to me. I suppose I'm quite I have come from quite a visual background, so. Although I didn't want um, the, the visuals to take over from the drama, that was certainly not what I wanted. I, I really did want to feel the the history and the relationships in that home. So I wanted the, the house to feel like it had belonged to another generation and really to feel the presence of Pamela's mother in the house. Um, it's quite... Um, It's quite subtly there in the script, but as a backstory Pamela had quite a difficult relationship with her mother, um, which as we all know our relationships with our parents and our families really do affect how we feel about ourselves and how we conduct ourselves in our lives. Um, So you know, the whole story about Pamela being bullied and maybe not having much self-esteem could well have come from from her her mother Um, and
0: her um, terrible relationships with her partner as well so that makes perfect sense
1: yes yes and also it's one it's one of those you know things that uh, you want to suggest you don't want to spell out to people but you want to suggest through the fabric of the film and and i suppose why, why do we end up in the relationships that we end up in? Why do we choose the relationships we end up in? Usually there's something in those relationships that we've seen before, um, or we felt before. So yes, yeah, so, the, the, so in terms of the production design, um, we, I, we looked at a lot of, um, um, I suppose, houses <laughs> in Derry from a certain period. Um, and um, brought those together and um, and really, Patrick um, and his team um, did a, a beautiful job in a very short space of time and to, they built the kitchen into what would have been, I think, the dining room or living room so that was built from scratch um, and what the house gave me, which was really important, um, was it gave me the opportunity to um, uh, see the kitchen from the corridor and from another room so you could actually see through two doors into that space Um, and um, because I really wanted to sort of play with the you know, the, 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 the relationships and the spatial tension between mother and daughter in the space. So again, it's one of these things that hopefully the audience aren't thinking about, but as a director, it was an important part of it, is to have that space to play with between the camera and our characters.
0: Yes, and the, there's there's a very kind of nice sound mix. So I think your music was by um, Dee Hexon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That was the composition. Um, can you tell me a little bit about finding the right notes for that?
1: Yeah, um, well, D um, uh, D was recommended to me um, by Louise initially. Um, and then I've got another friend here in Bangor called Hannah Peel, who's also a recording artist. So D came highly recommended to me through a few people. Um, and... Uh, we, I I come from a musical background myself and what was really great about working with Dee is uh, on our first meeting she came round to my house um, um, and at the time I was just surrounded by my son's toys and still am um, and uh, we just started talking about the world um, in the film um, and I um, had some reference notes um, um, of a style of music, but really what I wanted, to, I basically de-left the house with a big bag full of my son's um, toys. Um, say he was delighted, was he? <laughs> <laughs> Which he hasn't had back yet. He's a little bit. He's a little bit older now, but yeah, I I actually I so I asked Dee. You know, we talked through the themes in the film and the relationships, and really um, the idea that Pamela has this being growing inside her belly and and the fact that this experience wasn't far off for me and my son was around me and all his toys kind of wanted to create a sort of musical motif for this um, little being inside of her and that's where the musical, the, the toys so the toys that could create some of the um, the sounds the samples to be used within the the main track so I, th- I think um, creatively speaking, Dee and I, uh, very straight away, we, we talked the same language, I suppose. And um, so I, I, I gave her just uh, a little exercise, take Otto's um, toys, and with all the notes she had about the film and the relationships between the characters, um, you know, I said to her, can you just um, create a soundtrack initially, can you create a song for this film, like a a main track um, with all of these elements in it and just be free and enjoy making it. And that was the first brief that I gave Dee and she went off um, with the toys and she came back with the sort of main theme. That you hear at the beginning of the film and at the end, and there's variations of that theme. And as soon as I heard it, I just thought she's completely on the right page for me, um, and I knew at that point that she she had captured the world um, in a way which I was really happy with. And um, so it was. It was, and then we worked very closely on you know together when we're laying down the other tracks to the to the to the film. Um, and that's I, I, I naturally I think because I come from a musical choreographic background I actually just find it quicker and easier and more immediate to work with the composer as much as possible even if it does their heads in I, I, t- I tend to <laughs> I tend to be working with it that way.
0: I was going to say it's it's quite that, that was kind of my next question and um, well. I actually have a jump off question. I'm going to ask them both because otherwise I'll forget one and I always okay. regret it. So the first one is, she had to create two different worlds. So the first one was Pamela's and Allegra's because we both inhabit their spaces equally, which is mm-hmm. nice. There's not one protagonist mm-hmm. in this. Like they, they both kind of share that light. So it's, it's, it's very different tonally and you do get that sense. Like um, mm-hmm. Lola, when she's in school, uh, mm-hmm. It it looks different. It feels different. Like, mm-hmm. uh, even when you're watching it, sort of the pacing even feels a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brona's world, you kind of I think you you get the sense of her sort of being a little bit trapped. Then when she's further in her pregnancy and she can't escape her house, she wants yeah. to go out with all her friends. <laughs> so I don't know. I just I wanted to say kudos to that. But from an audio perspective, and those mm-hmm. um, those two different kind of uh, the sound mix worlds were they mm-hmm. different and then the next bit was so to get those scenes there was a lot of um you know the soundtrack obviously plays such a big role would you have had sort of the finished thing and edited into that or would you have the composer compose over it so there are my two <laughs>
1: yeah well this, so the the first the first one would be um i always Find um and have found Peter and the wolf enormously helpful in my life and in my work <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, it, it, it was a sort of magic moment for me in primary school listening to Peter and the wolf when I, I just sort of could uh, visualize each character and each scene um through a particular musical motif you know through a musical instrument, and I know um with with this we did talk about you know the the, the baby inside the stomach, the sort of internal world um, and that far off treatment the feeling of it sort of being heard through layers and from a distance and then with Allegra's world um, we sort of referenced a little bit the sort of like teenage movies sort of American teenage movies and with this I had a sort of slight nod to to harl hartley um films um but there was definitely that sort of um it's, it's maybe quite subtle but it was a, a definite and deliberate treatment different treatment for allegra's world um and then pamela's i think it became a mixture of this the the internal baby world um, and that and that developing and becoming something else, but also then the raw piano, um, the actual piano rather than ele- electric piano, being used to kind of really ground her and give her this um, weight and um, sense of something really real and emotional. So um, it makes me happy that you've picked up on, on on those three worlds, because it's something certainly, like D and I, we, we we talked about and worked on, and um, and in relationship to how how I'd normally work, because sound, if you saw my earlier work, my earlier work is choreographic and very much um, poetic and musical, and, and so if my approach, my natural instinct is to approach work like that, so normally i would bring uh, speak with my composer or sound designer before the edit and ask them to create something for me to to bring into the edit even if it's just textures or tones or something that just not has a nod in the direction that it's going to ultimately end up being um so i normally come equipped with a bag full of sounds and i've and I find putting the sounds down in the edit, the feedback from that process to me as as sort of making the work and hopefully to the editor too is enormously helpful. However, in this instance, um, we we did have we had the the main theme the track that Dee had created, but we didn't have. Um, really we didn't have enough time in the edit to accommodate all the sounds in the way that I would normally like to work just because there was just so much to do in terms of story so w- with the editor with Helen, Helen Sheridan a um, really really brilliant editor um, and very lucky I think to have um, landed again, with her
0: <laughs> another strong Female role, telling a female like you don't always get that many in one
1: film. No, no, um, and I and I think it's certainly it's what it, I think. You know, when I went for the job, I I felt really determined to get it because I thought this, apart from the fact that I had a lot in common with the story, I just felt that it really wouldn't be right at this time to tell the story. Um, with a, a male director, I don't like to say that, but I really felt determined to, to get the job. <laughs> um, so, yes, and bringing more female voices into the room on this project for me was very important, and I know for Louise as well, the producer. She was um, saying
0: that it was 50 50 nearly for cast and crew, and especially with crew, it's hard to hit that.
1: Yes, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think. So part of it is, I suppose part of it was was luck, but also we didn't go out looking for female only you know we didn't choose people for that reason, but I think it certainly um brought something important to the film so um Helen actually works with her partner um, Abby the dog, um so she brings Abby into the edit suite um and so I think Abby is a very important part of the of the process too because um, she really helped sort of in moments when you're um, at tricky bits in the edit or uh, story structure things that aren't working um, you know, we could leave the room and go for a walk with Abby or just have a cuddle um, so yeah she was a nice addition to the process
0: best editing assistant ever and I'm sure yes. there's been great ones but, yeah. but there but <laughs> thing about that um that the, there's nothing that kind of stops creativity more than just getting a bit stuck mm-hmm.
1: yeah and yellow moon is in hollywood which is right by the sea so you know you you not only have a dog to walk but you've got to see the I mean, wave so it's it's a really it's a really great place to work
0: it's fabulous because you do have mm-hmm. all this association of when you're in an edit suite you're just in a room in the dark nearly looking at a screen so it is nice yeah. to have that balance
1: yeah and, and it just uh, something I should mention as well um, is just that um, I think when we were at Yellow Moon um, we had a few knocks on the door um, from people thinking that we weren't working because I think <laughs> Helen and I discovered that we've got quite a similar sense of humour so there was a lot of laughter as well which was also very helpful.
0: And it's great because you can see it right through the (laughs) script as well because there's lots of very funny moments in there
1: which is nice because it's kind of
0: there's elements of drama, there's a lot of humour. Brona herself is a really well realised character and she's hilarious. So tell me a little bit about how has this film been received? How has it gone down?
1: I, or speaking for we, I mean, I feel continuously pleasantly surprised and very happy and um, with the, how it's been received. And um, from um, first screening in in Belfast, and um, you know that was a, I suppose that was just a um, gala screening, so it was for it was public, but but um, for the crew. So initially. You think, oh well, that went down well because everyone's involved in it, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, Galway, um, the audience response there uh, was just really, really wonderful, and um, really, um, yeah, just such a, um, a, a brilliant response, um, and then it continues, you know, at TIFF in Toronto, and um, the last screening, especially, um, I, I. You know, we stood outside the screening that um, some of the Brona and Lola and and Louise and Paddy Courtney from the film were all out there as well. And Tess, the writer, importantly, Um, and we all stood outside after the last screening. And as the audience came out, it was a bit like a a wedding um, with all these women hugging us, some in tears and thanking us uh, pregnant women came up to me and said thank you for for the story and for speaking honestly about your being a female director and a single mum yeah. and uh yeah so it just it, it's been really i i don't know how, it's just been lovely
0: i <laughs> did <laughs> that's <laughs> so good that's brilliant i don't want that response it's, okay. it's a lovely warm right. film so how do people respond to it And it's affectionately which is a lovely answer and it's and it's nice as well that you have a bit of an international audience that it's not too local yeah. a story that it, it really translates and resonates yeah. with people everywhere so that's yes excellent yes. but thank you so much for chatting with us it's a pleasure oh, look, thank
1: okay. you so much that, that's and great